I won't bore your patience today. But today I'm, going, I'm coming from Isaiah, the 40th chapter, and Psalms 103 is our foundational scriptures. We've been talking about the re renewed this year, renewed in 2022. And today we want to talk about renewed like the eagle. Thank y'all so much for being here. I just want to just do this. I thank God for the first lady of this church. Y'all give her a great big hand. Hallelujah. She's so wonderful. Amen. I tell you, last week when she went over at the other church, y'all probably seen the smoke when y'all was driving here. Hallelujah. It was still fire over there. The fire department still trying to put it out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Got to move from whining to winning. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just say that the eagle is an amazing bird. We can learn a lot from the eagle. And there's a thought that's interesting that we looked at in the 8 o'clock, how the eagle has to learn how to deal with the storm and the serpent. And that the serpent never comes after the mama eagle, but all he only comes after the babies. And uh, when the serpent gets into the nest with the babies, she'll start screeching and screaming. And the mama knows that the babies are in trouble and she comes back to the nest and she finds the serpent. And she does one or two things to get rid of it. She either uh, uh, takes it into her talons and she flies high up in the air and drops the serpent on the rock. Or she takes the serpent and she slides down to the head of the serpent and rips his head off and feed the body to the babies. That is a lesson for us this morning. Uh, how you as an eagle Christian ought to take care the serpent or to take care the devil because the serpent represents the devil. Look what it says in Genesis 3 and 15 says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and I shall bruise his heel. I believe it was Rick Joyner in one of his writings said eagles eat snakes. And how many of you get the message? We have authority over the enemy. We don't fear the enemy. We got authority over the devil. And you as an eagle Christian, anytime you see a serpent luring around your nest, luring around your home, luring around your house, you go into action because God has given you authority over the enemy. Y'all didn't praise it too much that you didn't want to hear this, did you? And so God has given us authority over the devil. How do we know that? Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You ought to highlight that in your Bible. 
You need to know who you are, and God has given you power over the enemy. You have authority, authority over the enemy. Nothing shall uh, hurt you or harm you. You got to understand that vultures and buzzards, they, they don't even live on the rocks. They live in dead trees, and, and they, they eat dead carcasses. Buzzards will eat in each other, and a buzzard is offended easily. But God has made us eagles. Psalms 119 and 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. We're not vultures. We don't get easily offended. We're eagles. Vultures circle around waiting for the fallen to die. A vulture would be considered as an Absalom. Y'all remember Absalom in the Bible, right? That's what a vulture is. And I want you to be able to recognize a vulture or a buzzard. A buzzard have a tendency to smell because they'll go all the way inside a dead carcass. It don't mind smelling and being stinky. It loves stinky and nasty stuff. As a matter of fact, that's when they begin to circle up when they smell the, the potency of the dead carcass. And they love to go to dead things. They love, they, where's the party where the dead stuff is? God deliver me from vultures and buzzards and dead stuff. I don't want to be in a dead church, a vulture church, a buzzard church. But let me be in an eagle church where they, oh my God, they understand that they have authority. Are you following me? But turn to 2 Samuel 15 and 1. It says, and it came to pass after this that Absalom uh, prepared his chariot and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, of what city art thou? And he said, thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man uh, deputy of the king to hear thee. Now he's setting this thing up. Ain't nobody around to hear you. The king, he ain't in place to hear you. The pastor, he's busy. He can't hear you. And Absalom said, Moreover, oh, that I were made judge in the land. The, the, the problem is, Absalom, you're not the judge. That every man which have any suit or cause might come unto me and I would do him justice. Lying all between his teeth. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to his obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. He's setting you up. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom, y'all see this, stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And that's what the devil is after. He after to steal your heart. That's why you got to be careful. You know, pastor don't understand that you got a gift. They ain't using you over there, child. Come over here. I'll use you. That's what Absalom is doing. He's standing at the gate and and tell him, hey, come on, you know, if nobody will hear you, I'll hear you. My God, look at the devil, how he sets you up. And I know firsthand of a assistant pastor of a church, and called Nate Bethel, stood at the front of the door and told the people, now, today don't give because, you know, they're having a passive appreciation and all the money going to the pastor. Don't give them that. 
And what that fella didn't understand that one day he probably going to be a pastor and what you reap is what you sow and what you reap. Are you following? See, that's a vulture. That's a buzzard. Watch those buzzards. Watch those vultures. They circle around you and wait for you to die. So they can eat you up. Now I said Psalms 103 and 1. Look at it. It says, uh, this is the Psalm of David. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within, within me, bless his holy name. Y'all say that a lot. Yeah. Look what he said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? Benefit. His what? Benefit. God's got some benefits. If nothing else, you ought to serve God because of the benefits. He has a whole lot of benefits. Who forgetteth all, forgiveth all thy iniquities. Who healeth all, if that, listen, if it's not enough because of the benefits, but look at here, he done forgave you of all your iniquities. And he done healed us from all of our diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from the Ooh, Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Look down your road and tell me, I've been redeemed. Say, who redeemed thy life from destruction? Who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercy? Look at verse 5 says, Who satisfied thy mouth with good things? This is where we're going. So that thy you is renewed like the eagles. You might be older than somebody else, but God done renewed you. You are younger than them. You have the same age, you're born on the same day, but you are younger than them because God renewed you like the eagle. Some of y'all going to get this after a while that he say, I beautify the meat with salvation and I renew your strength like the eagle. God renews you. He gives you more while you're on your way than when you first start. I said, well, oh, I just got, you know, I'm, you know, 10 years. I don't know how, 10 years is a long time. God would say, I'll re listen, I'll renew, I'll restore, I'll revive, I'll do everything that you can do. And matter of fact, I will redeem the time. What it took them 10 years to do, he said, God said, I'm going to let you do it in one. What it took them one year to do, God said, I'm going to allow you to do it in a week. Listen, I got about six of y'all that's with me. I got about six, but that's all right. It's going to be more in the end. So what he's saying, man, listen. Look at somebody and tell them, say, I am young in his presence. I'll stay young in his presence, but if I don't spend time in his presence, I may not look too young. So he's saying here in Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5, he's saying that if you stay in his presence, he'll keep you young. Your mind will remain sharp. 
I'll give you my God. I'll redeem the time when it comes to you. I got that. Let me contain myself. I, I, I want to read three promises out of the book of Isaiah who have been victims of abuse, rejection, and some kind of injustice. Because we all understand that there's a lot of injustice in the world, but the Bible promises us that God is a God of justice. And he will bring justice in our lives if we trust him. If somebody has mistreated you or talked about you in any unkind way, betrayed you or lied about you, and you've been cheated out of something, somebody has treated you wrongfully, you've been abused and you've been accused, you used for some purpose other than what God intended you to be used for, you, you have to... Uh, you, you, you have got a reward coming because God says that he's a God of justice. You don't believe it? All right, let's look at it. Look at Isaiah 60 and verse 14. They're going to put it up on the screen so you say, I can't turn that fast. We got you. The sons also of them that afflicted thee, y'all see this? Shall come bending unto thee. All those folk that tried to afflict you, God going to make them bow to you. Are y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet. I ain't making this up. This is in your Bible. And they shall call thee. They've been talking about you, but watch what they're getting ready to call you. The city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Not, a, not, not only that, but look at verse 15. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee. Look what God said. I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. God say, I put excellency on you. All those that counted you out and kicked you to the curb and tried to put you under everybody else, God say, I will put excellency on you and in your life and I will give you a joy for many generations. Why are you so happy? Why are you always got a praise? Why are you always giving a praise break? Because God has given me joy, unspeakable joy, and is full of glory and can nobody take this joy from me. If you get under my skin, I let you do it. But I don't give you that authority. I don't give you that, that power. God has given me excellency before all of those. And my God, you're going to have to bow to God. Hallelujah. Wave at somebody on your own and say, I'm going to have joy for many generations. That's why I can't come to church and look sad, bad, and ugly. That's why I can't act like I can't give him the praise. Because he done gave me joy for many generations. I can't act like God ain't been good to me. 
I can't act like, hey, you know, hey, listen, you might not have all the things that you think that you ought to have, but come on now, let's be real now. God really been good to you. Because if the devil had his way, you've been out of here a long time ago, but everything that the devil tried, God blocked that thing, and he brought you up out of that thing. Am I talking to real people up in here? The weapon formed, but it did not prosper. You saw what the devil was trying to do. You saw him trying to destroy your family. You saw him trying to take your job and take your, but it did not work. Somebody holler, it won't work. Look at your attempts, say, it won't work. Say what you want, but my God, God's got the devil's number. Can you say amen? Yeah. And the last time I checked, you are special in his sight. Yeah. You are my God's, you got your God's top priority. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Don't look at nobody, just talk to yourself. Say, I am somebody. Because I don't need nobody to tell me I'm somebody. God already told me. Come on, point to yourself. Oh, God already told me. I'm fearfully. And I'm wonderfully made. Come on, tell yourself, I got it going on. And not only is just excellency, but he said eternal excellency. So for the rest of my life, I'm going to have excellency on my life. Hallelujah. Y'all sit down, y'all sit down, y'all sit down. I'm coming. So now we know the legal side of this. He's talking to Jerusalem. Because somebody said, well, I don't know if all that about the bow. No, no, he's talking to Jerusalem. I, I know. I understand. This is the legal side. legal side is that he's talking to Jerusalem, right? But I believe we can take that principle out of the Bible there and apply it to our own personal lives. I'm not done with that. Look at verse 18. He said, violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. I mean, I don't care. And you've been hearing about violence. We're looking at our television. Violence is getting, it's escalating. Violence everywhere. Shootings everywhere. And all of these types of things. Are y'all hearing me? And it may be happening everywhere, but God said when it comes to you, that's where it stops. My God, when it comes to you, all I know is that God's gave me salvation and praise. Give me two things that he gave us, salvation and praise. God, at your gates, praise you. You should come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Nobody shouldn't have to tell you to get up and praise the Lord. I know that the praise leader and everybody else, they want to lead us into, but you should bring your own praise. You should bring your own dance. You should bring your own hallelujah. You should bring your own. Why? Because, hey, nobody can't tell it like you can tell it. They wasn't there in that trial like you were in it. Hallelujah, I was almost gone. 
God stepped in right in time. Anybody can recall a time when you was almost gone? Your feet had almost slipped? But God took over and you were here to tell everybody it was God, baby. Let me let verse 19. The sun shall be no more and thy light by day. Neither for the brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. But the Lord. Everybody say, but the Lord. Shall be unto thee an everlasting light and thy glory, uh, the God, the God, thy glory. In other words, what he's saying here is that we're not talking about the natural light that comes from the sun or the moon. And verse 20 says, thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be thy everlasting light and the days of thy morning shall be ended. Say that with me. My days of mourning are ended. I have replaced my mourning for gladness. Are y'all hearing me in here? No more mourning days. All you're going to have is glad days. So what he's saying here is that no, you don't need the sunlight. That's natural speaking, but spiritually speaking, the light that you need for the life that you're going to live, it only comes from God. God lights my world up. Even though darkness is all around me, I'm walking in light because God is in my life. Matter of fact, Jesus said he is the light of the world. Hallelujah. Darkness cannot dwell in you when light is in you. Matter of fact, when light shows up, darkness disappears. That's right. My God. There should be no morning. Morning, first lady, has ended. I know when things happen to us, we, you know, get that little face and it drops. But soon, very soon, we think about how good God been. And how God gonna work this thing out? You stand straight up. Say, ain't no sense of me dropping my head. God done drew me out of too many situations. He done brought me out a whole lot of junk and stuff for me to sit here and act like He's not gonna bring me out of this. We serve a God that has all power in His hand. There is nothing. Last time I checked, there is nothing too hard for our God. So often people ask the question, how long is it going to take? Yeah. And I know it seems like it's forever, but to be honest, uh, you don't really have you know, nothing better to do but wait on the Lord anyway. At least if it took 25 years, at least you're going somewhere. And you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. God is moving in your life even when you don't feel like he's moving. You know, in the winter season, the trees are all barren and dead and 
leaves are just falling off the trees and they look like no life could ever come out of them again. And no, you, but you, you, you can't go by the way things look come on, come on. because in the depth of the winter, that's when inside the trunk of the tree is gathering up sap for spring growth. And it just because your, your circumstances didn't, didn't look like God is doing anything for you, it doesn't mean that God is not behind the scene working. Tell your family that's around you, God behind the scene working it out right now. all of a sudden your breakthrough will come. You know what that is? God is working. Look at your name and say, God is working in my life. Look at him one more time and say, God is working in your life. And every time the devil tries to tell you that you are not ever going to get that thing or you're not ever going to uh, get your breakthrough, you ought to be open to your, you ought to open your sweet little mouth and say, God is working in my life. Come on, say it loud. Say, God is working in my life. Every time the devil tell you you're not going to make it out, you ought to say, God is working in my life. Every time it looked like it's not going to happen for you, you ought to say, God is working in my life. Every time they done said that, you know, no, you can't get the loan, God is working in my life. When they tell you, say, no, sir, you don't have the right credit, oh, you know that God is working in your life. I'm telling you, every time they say something negative in your life, you got to say, God is working in my life. I don't understand this first lady I was talking this week. How is it that we always talking negative and we expect positive? You can't speak negative to a situation and expect positive. You can't keep doing wrong and expect right. You can't keep doing bad and expect good. What you plant, what you sow, that's what comes back to you. So I'm going to sow joy. I'm going to sow peace. I'm going to sow long-suffering. Hallelujah. And I'm going to sow the good things so God, I'm going to sow good. Huh? And I'm going to speak positive about the situation. Somebody said, when you're speaking positive, you're lying. No, we're not lying. We're speaking in faith. That's the difference. We're speaking those things that be not as though they were. In other words, it's not there a yet. It don't appear yet. But what I saw before I see it, it shall appear. See, I saw it with the spiritual eye. I saw it with the eagle eye. I couldn't see it with the human eye. I can only see it with the eagle eye because the eagle eye can see two miles out. And an eagle, when it's in a storm, it lifts itself up higher so it can see broader. If you're ready to go somewhere and see more, you got to get rid of the chickens and the roosters and, and the crows and the buzzards and the vultures and the cockatoos and the cuckoos and the dodos and, and the pelicans and all those, the sparrows and the fincher. You got to get rid of all of them and rise up like the eagle. So you can see broader and greater. 
Because see, some folk don't need to be with you because they can't see like you see. Some folks will talk you out of everything. You come up with a good idea. Well, I don't see how that going to work. See, that you're not the right one to talk to. You need some people to say, oh, what? Run that by me again? Oh, I can see God working you in that. Listen, I'm going to be praying for you that God give you even more to that. And then if you need a little help, I'm going to ask God, that, Lord, if I can help in any kind of way, God give it to me. So I can come alongside you and just help you go up a little higher. Because when you go up, I go up too. You got to hang around dreamers and not dream killers. Get rid of all those dream killers and get around some dreamers so that you can go higher than where you are. Well, you know, Bishop, I'm pretty good where I am right now. But can you imagine where God wants to take you? Well, you know, I don't live a full life. I'm pretty old right about now. I'm about 70. And your point is. <laughs> Caleb was 85 and said, I want my mom. Yeah. Hallelujah. He said, he said I, 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 I cannot do any of these little young fellas here. Why? Because God kept his youth. And see, when God keeps your youth, he gives you strength to do what you need to do. See, the ones that are talking about you, they're going to leave here a lot faster than you are. So you're going to be still climbing your mountain while they, 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 they talk themselves right onto the grave. While you climbing your mountain. I hope somebody gets some revelation in here. All right, y'all sit down. So Isaiah just keep burning in my spirit. Isaiah 61 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to what? To preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, uh, and to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance, vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. Y'all see that? God about to give you beauty for ashes. They thought you were done and all burned up. But God said I'm going to turn them ash into beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. He just told us that our mornings have ended. So he's going to give you the oil of joy. Now, if you know about anything about oil, when it's poured on you, it runs all over. Yes. And oil sticks to you. You need some joy that's going to stick to you. You need some oil, some, some joy that's going to run all the way down. And, and then when other folks get around you and they hurt, they get the oil on them that's called joy. They can't be around you without, you know, getting a little excited and getting happy. Hallelujah. Don't hang around everybody looking at it. Everybody looking sour puss. Everybody just don't look. Nothing good. I don't want to be around all those people. If I'm not doing too good, why would I want to go to the group of not doing too good folks? Why would I want to do that? Let me get into some of this Isaiah 61. That's what I need. 
He says, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Yeah. Yeah. You came in here heavy, you should have put on the garment of praise. Yeah. God want to, he said, I'll swap with you. You give me your spirit of heaviness, and I'll give you a garment of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. When was the last time you swapped with God? You gave him your spirit of heaviness, and he gave you a garment of praise. Sound like a pretty good deal to me. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, God did it. That he might be what? Glorified. That's what it's all about, God getting the glory. And they shall build the old ways. Look what God doing. I told you God up this up. And they shall raise up the former desolation. People think you out. They don't count you out. They think that everything is over. And they shall repair the way cities. The desolation of many generations. God is about to turn this thing around. A lot of folk think the church is doomed and things are done and it's going to get worse. And No, God going to turn this thing around. Come here, Isaiah. Don't, don't, don't stop now. Finish it up. Look at verse 7. For your shame. They didn't try to shame the church. Say the church ain't what it's supposed to be. The church ain't the church, church. What you don't understand is that he is married to the church. And regardless of what the church does, Jesus is going to remain the same. He said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. I will still be a good bridegroom. For your shame, you shall have double. I don't know who it is that's on your job in your family or your friendship or your relationship that done tried to shame you, but God told me to tell you he's about to give you double for all that trouble that those folks are trying to put in your life. And for your confusion, he wasn't done yet, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. He's always talking about joy. Matter of fact, I don't think God wants his people to be sad. Jojo, I don't think he wants it. He's always talking about joy. Something is wrong when the church looks like the joy has been sucked out of it. Child, I went to that church and it was just so dead up in there. Well, first of all, you need to check yourself. Wasn't nobody clapping their hand. Was your hand clapping? Wasn't nobody standing up. But were you standing up? Wasn't nobody getting dancing? Were you dancing and getting your praise on? You were just dead in there. Nobody said amen. Well, when the last time you opened your mouth and said amen? Hello, hello. Self check, self check, self check. So it says in verse 8, for I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offerings, and I will direct thy, their work. Faithfully give them recompense. 
in truth, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. So the Bible said God restores and renews and pays us back for injustice done to us. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting if, if, if you really study the Bible, God is re-everything. Did you know that? God is re-everything. Re means to go back to the beginning and make new. Re means to make brand new. Look at these words that receive. Y'all got it? Recompense. Reconcile. Redeem. Refine. Refresh. Re means to go back and make it whole again. Rejoice. Renew. Repent. Restore. Reveal. Are you following me? Resurrect. It's a re in front of it. Revive. So God doesn't just do things once. He redoes it. Ooh, just a revelation for somebody. He don't do it just once. Tell, tell your people don't do it. Don't, don't, don't miss this. Tell them, say, don't miss this. Tell them, say, he don't do it just once. He redoes it. See, now that's why the Bible doesn't just say have joy. It says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. So we have joy and then we get to go back and rejoice and rejoice and rejoice again. So you had joy once, but God said, I want to renew it over and over. So when God bless you with this, you go and have more joy. He bless you with something else. Then you rejoice again. Then he blesses you with something else. Then you rejoice again. God renews your joy for life. So anytime the devil try to steal your joy, remember that God said, I'm going to give you rejoicing. Here's one that I love. Repent. Everybody say repent. repent. Now the word pent, P-E-N-T, means the highest place. Have you ever heard that? And that's why the penthouse is always on the top of the building because it's the highest place. Are you following me? So when God says repent, do you know what he's really saying? I want to return you to the highest place from which you fail when you fail in this evening. See, he brought us into a high place. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, Colossians 3 and 1 says, If ye then, being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So God doesn't say when you fall, you can never get back to the place where you once were. No, he didn't say that. God is a re-God. Look down your room and tell everybody, God is a re-God. 
he's a he's a read God. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a read God because we understand that he brings us by his grace and mercy to the highest place and we fall regularly. And he just says, repent, re-back up to the highest place. Isn't that good? When we fall, we repent, and he says, re-back up to the place where he once had you. That's why the devil is always mad at you when you're a person that repents all the time. Because he knows that God is going to reinstate you and put you back in the place where you fell from. And so he hates it when you repent. The devil hated when somebody repent because you get restored back to the place from where God had put you initially. Can you say amen? Isn't that good? So when we study the word, those words, it just opened our eyes. Look at this one here. Revive. Well, you first got to be vibed before you get revived. Right? You got to be fresh before you can be refreshed. Right. Yes, sir. Huh? That's what the young folks say. I look fresh today. You know? I look fly. I'm dripping, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what they, what they say. But you, you, got to, you got to be fresh. First thing I got the drip on me. Uh, you got to be fresh first in order to get refreshed. So every time the world comes around you, they should see you refreshed. Every time I see you, something looks different or good about you. Why? Because I've been fresh one time. But every time I turn around, God is refreshing me. Whether you know it or not, you're about to be refreshed. Huh? God wants your life to be fresh. And then you can rest, my God, on that all that you're going to, to be revived because, see, you got vibed the first time, but God said, I'm going to revive you. I'm going to cause you to live again and again and again. And the devil's always trying to kill us. He's always trying to destroy everything that we do. He tried to kill our joy. He tried to kill everything that we do when it comes to our finances. He tried to destroy our home. He tried to kill everything. But God said, uh-uh, I'm not going to let him do that. I'm going to revive everything concerning you. Amen. He is a re-God. Don't you, re don't you forget that today. Anytime you're going through, remember that he's a re-God. He's going to restore your life. Can you say amen? We may have someone who wants to dedicate their life to Jesus this morning and they will repent of all their sins. And guess what? It won't be the last mistake that they will make. But the good news is that they don't have to live in fear. And that's what repentance is all about so that we don't have to live in fear. So when we make a mistake, repent. Repent. Rewrite back up to the highest place. God takes us right back to the highest place where he put us when we first repented. Are you following me? Yes. All right. Okay. So go to Isaiah 40, verse 40, verse 28. Isaiah 40. It teaches about the renewal of the weary. And this is right where, right where I want to be. Okay. Let me, I'm going home. And that, that's what we want to talk about today. 
we can be strong sometimes, and two days later, we can be totally worn out. Physically, mentally, emotionally. You can be cooking and having two or three disappointing things happen to you, and, and all of a sudden, you can be, but, but, but thank God he made a way for us to be refreshed, renewed, and revived. Watch this, watch this. Verse 20 says, has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Everybody say, God never gets tired. God never grows weary. Now, if we know that, why are we worried about stuff all the time? He never gets tired. He never gets weary. See, I'm glad you came to the, the, to the lesson today, the Bible study lesson. That's what I'm, I'm, this is Bible study. Look at verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. How many word lovers we got here this morning? See, you need to see this in writing because you can hear me preaching about it and say, oh, that was good today. But when you got it in your own Bible, you can go back and revisit this. Verse 30 says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. See, some folks think that only the old folk faint and get weary. But here he states, even the youth shall faint and get weary. So nobody is exempt. We all get tired. We all get weary sometimes. And the young men shall utterly fall. See, we think that, hey, because you old, you might give, give in and give out, and you're no longer used for in the army of the Lord. No, he, he's saying here that even the young people, if they're not careful, they'll get weary, they'll give up, and they'll fall. Just because you're young and you feel like you got strength and vitality and I'm, I'm ready, they say, wait, the enemy will wear you out if you're not careful. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall fall. But, you got to put that but in there. They that wait upon the Lord. In other words, but it don't matter how you're, you're young, old, in between, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as who? And they shall run and not be what? And they shall walk and not what? So no matter who you are, you're going to have times of getting weary and times of needing to be refreshed. But those who wait upon the Lord, we must be brought into the presence of the Lord and we must wait in his presence. So the eagle provides a parallel to another spiritual truth here that we want to look at. If the people would learn how People would learn to have a regular renewing and refreshing. They wouldn't be or wouldn't get burnt out. So we like to get to the point of the breakdown state before we get refurbished again. It takes so much longer when we do it that way if we would just stay fresh. 
Remember the eagle, every time, they got to be fresh. They got to stay fresh. They only eat fresh stuff. They don't eat dead things. And that's going to require commitment on our part to spend time with God that we need to spend with him and stop all of this nonsense that I don't have time. And if you don't have time to spend with God, then you're in the flesh. And you're just in the flesh and, and, and you just doing a bunch of stuff that don't need to be, you don't need to be doing because God is not going to tell us that we need to spend time with him and then our schedule gets so busy until there is no time for God. Are you hearing me? So we have to have a regular pruning of our lives. We have to go through the those pruning shears and say that's not bearing fruit and this is not bearing fruit and this just is some obligation to keep someone happy. I got to have my time with God. And I'm, if I don't, I'm going to die spiritually if I don't have my time with God. And do you understand that? That you need to tell, that, tell people that, listen, you better help me have my time with God. Because if I don't have my time with God, you're not going to like the way that I am. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pasture. He leading me beside the still water. He restored my soul. He leading me in the path of what? Righteousness for his name's sake. Repent ye therefore, it says in Acts 3 and 19. He says, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When you're in the presence of the Lord, God refreshes you. We got to spend time with the Lord, mother, in order to get refreshed. If we're not spending time with the Lord, Dr. B, we won't get refreshed. You can't stay in the presence of people all day long telling nasty jokes and being refreshed. You got to get up from the TV. Spend some time with the Lord in order to get refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I know we don't want to hear this. So it's a supernatural thing that happened. You are just made strong when you get into the presence of God. And as soon as you come into the presence of God, I mean regularly, I mean regularly, you need to find ways to get yourself into the presence of God because that's the only way that you're going to make be made strong enough to do what you need to do in life. And the truth is, we must have time with God. Ephesians 4 and 23 says we are to be constantly renewed, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yeah, yeah. In other words, it's our attitude that has to be refreshed. Yeah. Say that with me. It's my attitude, it's my attitude. that has to be refreshed. Creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. You got to understand that David had fallen into sin with Bathsheba and had been a year passed by and David hadn't even repented yet. Yes, that's what it was. It was a whole year that David had done that and he hadn't said nothing to God about it. Matter of fact, he thought he had gotten away with it. He thought that he hid it very well. But then after a year, he found himself repenting. And I'm sure things were not going good for him. And 
and he repented and then he said renew a right spirit within me you know some of you will never get the renewal you are looking for until you repent to God until repentance God is looking for comes from you you've got to repent and ask God to forgive you you've got to stop running and act like you done hit it and that God don't remember it and that you got over on God and say God you saw me you got x-ray eyes you see in the dark you see in the light you see everything so I come before you I lift up my hand I empty myself before you and say God forgive me and let me go for I repent I repent creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me hallelujah that's what we want God to do can you say amen we need God to help us. We need him to help us. And I don't want to be some old stale, burnt out Christian just going through my religious duty. I want to stay fresh. And I want to find uh, out that, you know, one of the ways that I can stay fresh is to be quick to repent. Quick to repent if you're going to stay fresh. And so many people are trying to live the highest life but they have fallen from the highest place and they are not repenting so that God can bring them back up to that highest place. And that's the problem. People are living below, below, the, uh, uh, the, below the, where God wants them to be. You're living beneath your privileges. God wants you to be up at the highest place, but you're living down in the dark and you think there's partying right there with the dark, with the roaches down there, with all the creepy crawling things and all that. And you just, you know, you're doing it, you checking and jerking and everything else with all of that stuff. But God said, no, it's time for you to stop all that and come up to the high place. Some of us think that we're not to ever get weary. Well, I got news for you. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 and 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Weary means to become weary physically. In other words, you get tired. You get beat down, worn down in the soul from the enemy repeatedly coming against you. And to grow powerless in the spirit as a result of those repeated attacks. Jeremiah says in 18 and 20 says, Shall evil be recompensed for good? For they have digged a pit for my soul. You know people are digging pits for you every day. There are some folk that want to glory in your failure. They want to be happy when you fall. Don't you know that misery loves company? Well, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of me falling as long as I stay with God. Can you say amen? amen. Look what it said to Jeremiah. I said, remember that I stood before thee to speak good for them and to turn away thy wrath from them. And no wonder Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 28, he said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So what's the first command there? Come unto me. You can't, go, you can't do anything for us until we come to him. He's standing there with open arms. He's saying, come unto me, and this is what I will do. But you know a, a lot of people want him to do 
uh, that, but he, he they, they don't want to come. They want him to do what he going to do without them coming. And they're always too busy for God. When you are too busy for God, then you're too busy. The eagle and how he gets renewed, the Bible says we should mount up with wings as eagle. Our youth shall be renewed as an eagle. Now, you got to understand that the eagle never uh, get uh, distracted. He don't let anything distract him. Matter of fact, he's got exceptional uh, eyesight. He don't let things uh, distract him. Matter of fact, the eagle spends hours up on the mountain, just, my God, just watching and waiting. And sometimes we got to spend time with God. As we go through this period of life, we've got to spend time with God. In other words, you got to be persistent when you're doing uh, things on the behalf of God. And one thing about the eagle is that he is persistent. Somebody say persistent. Uh-huh. My God, I got all these little kids around here and I can't spend time with God, you know, pastor. Well, you know, listen, if you really want to spend time with God, you can make time to spend time with God. You make time to do everything else. Nobody didn't have to tell you to make time to go to the concert. They didn't have to tell you to make time to go to the movies. They didn't have to tell you to make time to go out on a date with your friend. My God, but you make time for everything that you want to make time for. My, if you got children, you can, my God, you can get a babysitter for an hour if you have to. They say, I got to spend time with God. Because your spending time with God is going to cause you to be younger than you ever have before. And you're going to get renewed strength just like the eagle can you say amen and so Peter went up on the roof to pray and I don't know maybe it was a lot of stuff going on in the house and my God but you can find somewhere to pray I don't know I'm not telling you to go up on the top of the roof to pray but that's what Peter did he had to go up on top of the roof well you can find somewhere if you got to go in your car and turn your car on and put the air condition on and pray in the car and then go back in the house because you can't get no peace in the house you can find time to pray to God quit saying that I don't have no time to spend with God if you spend time with God God will spend time with you. Now come on, some of you all need to repent right now because you haven't spent, been spending time with God. You haven't been persistent. Time comes when he is not as quick as he once was. That's the eagle. And he's slower in flight. So the feathers are worn off and he's now getting off a telltale whistle as he dived for that prey. And so he has been able to dive quietly so that his prey doesn't know that he's coming. And so when his feathers start to warn or get worn out and they start to make that whistle noise, then he gives, it gives him away and, some, and, and so some things uh, uh, got to be done about that because he's getting old now. And so his talents are not as sharp as they once were. And the calcification uh, has formed on his beak. And actually he looks ready for the old folks home. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And he's feeling, he feels exactly the way that he looks. And here's what he does. He flies to a high place. He gets a close to the sun as he possibly can get. And up in the rocks he knows and he begins to pluck out all of his feathers one by one. And on a sizable eagle, that can be as many 
as 7,000 feathers. And so he's got to stick with the program for a while. And I can't believe that it doesn't hurt. But listen to this. He is not nearly concerned with the pains so much as he is the progress. See, some of us, we're looking at the pain rather than the progress. Pastor, I don't want to go through that because that's too painful. Well, you don't understand to go through that, you're going to have progress. You will never experience progress until you have gone through that pain. And so we get overly concerned with the pain and then, therefore, we'll never make any progress. And if it is uncomfortable and inconvenient, we don't want anything to do with it in today's society. When you're dealing with the millennials and the new, uh, you know, the new silent uh, generation, uh, the X, the Y's disease and all of those, when you get with those kind, they, they, listen, I don't want to do anything that's uncomfortable and inconvenient and everything is drive through now, I'm telling you. I mean, you can drive through any and everything. In Nevada, you can drive through uh, to get uh, for weddings. You can drive through for the voice. My God, you can get married in 10 minutes. You got to drive through for hamburgers. You got drive through for cleaners. You got drive through church now. You got drive through pawn shop. Yeah, they got drive through church. Just sit there, put the little thing on, get the five, 10 minutes, you're on your way. What is the message today? We always want everything fast. But God is trying to tell us, slow down. Because some things take time. You know if you get in a cold stream of water, you come out all refreshed because the eagle has to go through when he gets all of those feathers plucked out and he finds a stream of water and he gets in it and he gets in wash in it and he's all muddy and dirty and everything and he washes off all of the parasites and the lice and then fresh and clean and naked and he stands in the sun just to start to wait and it takes 40 days the feathers grow back and while there's he, he's in that process they start my God rubbing their talons on the rock so they can sharpen them again and after going through all of that he rubs it my God and rubs it on the rock he don't rub it on the world but he rubs it on the rock and then he takes he takes his beat and there he rubs it on the rock and they get it sharp and fresh again and the church so the church has to go to the rock and the word to become sharp again and that my God when he goes through that process he becomes new in a new state again and so I'm just telling you today that that we may have to go through that state as a church where we got to pluck all of our feathers and get restored again, just like the eagle. And my God, we may have built up some hardness because of how we were trained in the old church, but God's saying, I want you to go back and get restored and get revived. I want you to go and sharpen your talons again. I want you to rub your beak on the rock again so that you can get it restored, so that you can become the eagle that you once were can you say amen I don't care what you've been through up until now but you've got to find yourself being like the eagle but in addition to these special times of this complete renewal the eagle also practice a daily preparation that Christians should imitate and that is called preening somebody say preening 
Yeah, the eagle begins his day by day sitting on a rock and systematically one by one passing each one of his wings, uh, feather, which uh, each wing has up to uh, 1,200 feathers on each wing uh, through his mouth. And he exhales and breathes on each one of them. Yes, yes, yes. And when he breathes on each one of them, uh, one of those wings, uh, uh, his feathers passing through his mouth is equivalent to a steam cleaning. And what happens, it restores its feathers from yesterday activity. And they may be a little matted together, maybe a little separated a little bit. And before he goes out to hunt his prey for the day, he knows everything has got to be fresh. Now let's do it again. It sits on the rock. It takes him an hour, a minimum of an hour every day. And he never goes out without this preening. It takes each one of his feathers and he just breathe on me Holy Spirit breathe on me and he needs to sit on the rock and ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on us for refreshing can you say amen I don't know what then got into the church the church don't highlight the Holy Spirit like they used to uh-huh they don't want to talk about the Holy Holy Ghost breathing on them but if you know like I know we need the Holy Ghost breathe on us in today's society. Can you say amen? Yes, yes, yes. In addition to that, he has a gland in his mouth uh, that secretes uh, an oily liquid uh, that actually waterproofs his feathers. Uh, and if it rains, he can continue to fly without getting water soaked and cause him not to be able to fly as he should. If he dives in the water after a fish, he is already prepared and won't get soaked, watered soaked. And my God, let the water take him under because he done preened every one of his wings. Uh, his wings are preened such a way that it's like, uh, yes, waterproof. Can you say amen? And I said he need to be steamed, clean, and waterproof. Uh, we need to be steamed, clean, and waterproof. Can you say amen? Uh-huh, Job said, do it the eagle, mount up at thy command, uh, and make her nest on high. Uh, do it the eagle, mount up at thy command, uh, and she dwelleth and uh, 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 abideth on the rock, uh, upon the crave of the rock and the stone place. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, and from this she seeketh to pray, and her eyes behold afar off. Uh, I'm here to tell you that God is about to take her somewhere, and her young ones also suck by blood uh, and where they're slain are and there is she uh, and then Psalms want to end this thing up uh, here's one of my favorite songs Psalm 91 uh, he said he that dwelleth in the secret place uh, of the most high shall abide uh, under the shadow of the almighty uh, and I will say unto the Lord uh, he is my refuge uh, and he is my fortress uh, my God in him will I trust surely he shall deliver thee from the snares of the fowler uh, and from the noisome pestilence uh, and he shall cover thee with his wings uh, with his feathers under his wings uh, and shall thou trust uh, 
His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that fly by day, nor for the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. And a thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, and it shall not come nigh thee. Can you say amen? I'm glad to be called an eagle. We got to learn to dwell and abide in the rocks. Can you say amen? And when you get weary, all you got to do is get in the presence of God. And when you get tired, all you got to do is get in the presence of God. A lot of Christians are going down and under because they, my God, stay so long in the place where they are. But what we got to remember is one thing. If I don't know anything else, my brother, all I got to do is get in the presence of God. There's joy in his presence. There's peace in his presence. There's love in his presence. Everything I need is in the presence of the Lord. Can you say amen? I'm glad you come to church because here's where you get in the presence of the Lord. I'm glad you got a prayer time because there's where you get in the presence of the Lord. I'm glad you got your own Bible study because there's where you get in the presence of the Lord. I'm glad you come to prayer meeting because there's where you get in the presence of the Lord. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm glad to be in the presence of the Lord. I came a running when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Can you say amen? Y'all have a good day now, but I'm glad that God called me to be an eagle. Renewed like the eagle. I got to renew myself when I feel myself getting a little old and got to build up on my beak and got to build up on my talons. I got to go to the rock. Lead me to the rock that's on high. I got to go to the rock and sharpen my talons. I got to go to the rock and sharpen my beak. Can you say amen? God, help me to renew my feathers. If I got to pluck them all out to get restored. If I got to go through this to get right there. Let me go through before I give up. I'll go through before I give in. I'll go through deacon before I give out. I'll stand strong and I'll stand strong and I'll stand tall before I give out. I have no reason to give out. If God brought me this far, why should I turn around? If he brought me this far, why should I back down? If God is backing me up, I've come too far to turn around now. Would you look at somebody and tell them and mean it and mean it and tell them I've come too far to turn around now. God brought me this far. Can you
you say amen when they curb kick me out and kick me to the curb and told me I will be nobody God he said come on son I didn't make you to be nothing I made you to be somebody and you and I are the majority can you say amen the days are over for trying to please people the days are over for trying to get approval from somebody else the days are over for trying to get somebody to pat you on the back you don't need nobody to confirm you to confirm you to tell you you all right you already know you all right you know you already somebody can you say amen? Look down your row and tell them, say, when God created me, he did not create any junk. I am somebody. I'm a man of God. Or either you're a woman of God. Can you say amen? If you know you are somebody, stand up on your feet and give God a celebration and give him a praise for making you somebody. Give somebody an air fryer and say, I am somebody. Give somebody else air fryer and say, you are somebody. Yeah, yeah. Say it, shout yes. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I got royal blood flowing through my veins. I am somebody. When God made you, He threw away the mold. You are the best you there is. Don't let nobody tell you. You are nothing because you somebody. God made you somebody before you got started. And while I'm started, look at somebody say, while I'm started, I'm not going to stop now. They should have got me when they had me. The devil should have got me when he thought he had me, Jojo. But he done messed around and I done got anointed. And when I got anointed, he pulled the oil on me. So every time the devil uh, reach out to get me, uh, I slip right out of his hands. Uh, I've been anointed uh, and appointed. Uh, somebody shout glory. Yeah. Yeah. Give somebody a five. Uh, and tell him, say, don't let nobody tell you that you're nothing. Because you are somebody. You are somebody. You are somebody. You are somebody. You know what you are? You are an eagle Christian. You are an eagle Christian. God made you somebody. And here's the thing. Eagles don't need no encouraging from nobody else. Eagles encourage themselves. An eagle don't need another uh, another eagle to come over and say, all right, get it together. I know we need it, but the eagle, don't what it does, when it realizes that it's getting old and, and things not right, the eagle start doctoring on themselves. That's right. 
If he got an ailment on him, he take that, he take, he take that beat. Start doctoring on him himself. He's doctoring on him. He's got healing in his breath. He's got healing in his breath. It's time for you to exhale and just breathe. Holy Spirit, breathe on us. That we'll be made right. I'm telling you, God is about to turn his church around. I know what the naysayers are saying. I know what it look like. But everything, though it may seem that way, just like I told you about that tree, it looked like it's about dead. But what is happening, that sap on the inside is causing it to help it grow new life. So what am I telling y'all today? What's on the inside of you is causing you to help you to grow new life. See, they just only see the outside of you right now. But if I can tell some of you in here, I'm going to my seat. In a couple of months, you're going to be totally different. Because God doing something in the inside of you. In a couple of months, what's that, 60 days? In 60 days, you're going to be totally different because God is doing something on the inside of you. In about 60 days, something that God is going, he's going to be working something on the inside of you. And what's on the inside of you is going to come on the outside. See, you knew it 60 days ago. Now they just getting the after effect. They see what you knew two months ago. All right. They just seeing it because now you're about to show it. Hallelujah. So don't get frustrated. Don't throw in the towel. The next, the next 60 days is too much God is working on the inside. Hallelujah. He started yesterday. He started yesterday. For some of you all, he started yesterday. Some of you all, he's starting today. In two months, 60 months, 60 days, he's working that new thing. It's going to come to fruition. Come on, put your hand together.